My brothers and sisters, the Lord be with you. Reading from the Holy Gospel according to John. Jesus said to his disciples, If you love me, you will keep my commandments. And I will ask the Father, and he will give you another advocate to be with you always. The Spirit of Truth, whom the world cannot accept, because it neither sees nor knows him. But you know him because he remains with you and will be in you. I will not leave you orphans. I will come to you. In a little while, the world will no longer see me, but you will see me because I live and you will live. On that day, you will realize that I am in my Father and you are in me and I in you. Whoever has my commandments and observes them is the one who loves me. And whoever loves me will be loved by my Father, and I will love him and reveal myself to him. The Gospel of the Lord. A couple years ago, walked into our Newman Center and the kids started saying, Father Jim, what's your love language? I'm like, what? When they asked me that, it's one of those moments when they all know what they're talking about, but I was clueless, a moment that seems to be happening more and more these days. I asked what magazine or guru was peddling this love language mumbo jumbo as they put a quiz before me with a few questions which would determine what category I fell into. The creators of this theory claim that there are five categories that describe the most effective way for someone to demonstrate their love to different people that's based on their personalities, their temperaments, and their likes and dislikes. Obviously, aspects of each of these appeal to everyone to various degrees, but the developers of this test claim that of the countless ways that people express themselves, when we boil them all down, they can be characterized into five specific groups, and that one out of the five speaks the loudest to each of us. So the first group is words of affirmation. For those who fall into this group, when someone uses simple but honest and direct words to build the other person up, that's greatly appreciated. For the second group, it's quality time. For people who this appeals to, what's most meaningful is giving that person undivided, undistracted attention. The third group is called giving gifts. This is probably something that most people enjoy. For some, receiving gifts is the loudest expression of love. For the fourth group, it's acts of service. Just the simple act of taking care of an annoying chore, like taking out the trash or setting the table, speaks louder than any material gift ever could. And the final fifth group is physical touch. For those who fall into this category, an embrace, a hug, a kiss are essential. They're significant acts that speak very deeply to them. 
One of the things that the students enjoyed was trying to guess what category each of their friends and their classmates would fall into. It was also interesting how quickly they figured mine out, saying acts of service and pointing out how happy I am when I come back to the Newman Center and see that people have actually cleaned up or taken care of some chore without me ever having to ask them to do so. I was surprised at what an in-depth and interesting conversation this turned into. We tend to think that expressing our love for those who are nearest and dearest to us should be an easy thing to do. Yet anyone who's worked with married couples will tell you that can sometimes be part of the problem. People expect that the other person knows how best to express themselves and their feelings to another person. As we get into this late part of Easter, with the celebration of Jesus' ascension into heaven next week and the end of the Easter season quickly coming in two weeks with Pentecost, today we as a church reflect on a gospel which is a passage that's another flashback to Holy Thursday. This gospel addresses Jesus speaking to his apostles at the Last Supper, before the horrific events that will take place on Good Friday, before the amazing and incredible life-changing events of Easter Sunday, Jesus speaks intimately with those closest to him. And by our baptisms, we're included in that personal intimate circle as one of Jesus' close friends, as his brothers and sisters. And what we hear him express today is his love language. Jesus explains how we can demonstrate our love for him. And Jesus quite clearly tells us, if you love me, you will keep my commands. And then again, he reiterates that point. Whoever has my commandments and observes them is the one who loves me. And if you reflect on that, that incorporates all five of the different love languages. Because those commandments are more than just feelings, they're more than just emotions and sentiments. His commandments call for action, for choices, for decisions that are far-reaching. Are we ready to love Jesus in his language? Because if we are, we find Jesus' love language is about intentionally caring for the poor, for the sick, for the weak and the vulnerable, finding ways materially and spiritually that we're actively attentive to those who are struggling. Jesus' love language is about defending and protecting the lives of everyone, from the womb to the terminally ill, to the one sentenced to death, which means going out of our comfort zones and putting ourselves in some tough positions where we walk with someone who's dying. We defend someone who's done some defenseless things, but still recognizing that dignity of life. And yes, speaking out against abortion and lending our voices to protect those who could not speak for themselves. Jesus' love language is about offering forgiveness and working towards reconciliation with those who've hurt us. That might mean we have to start by simply recognizing a hurt, allowing ourselves to face a painful thing, and just being open to that idea of being in a place of forgiveness. Jesus' love language is about loving our enemies. 
oftentimes our impulse is to say we don't have any. So we might have to dig deep in seeing that we have enemies, maybe not personally, but individuals and people who work against what we believe, what we work for, and trying to find loving responses to them. Jesus' love language is about feasting on his word and his body and blood in the Eucharist and recognizing a spiritual hunger, looking to him as the only source that can truly nourish us. And Jesus' love language is about you and I sharing his word and becoming his body to the rest of the world. More and more people are disconnected from Jesus and from his church than at any time in our histories. So you and I might be the only face of Christ that some people might see. It's important. All of this is important. All of it's demanding and challenging, more so than sending flowers, or patting someone on the back, or setting the table, or just taking a walk, or simply saying, I love you. Jesus' expectations are more all-consuming which makes sense when we, we see that his act of love on the cross is also all-consuming. When we begin to keep his commands, when we strive to do all these things, we speak Jesus' love language and demonstrate not just our love for him, but for one another. It's a powerful and impacting love language for all to show that God is here among us, and as Jesus promised, has never left us.